You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. Tricky times, Wayne. I didn't realise, you know, we look at the markets every day and I commentate on the markets every day, but I didn't realise it had been an eight-week losing streak for US major indices, which was the longest streak since 1923. And of course, South Africa has suffered because of it. Not quite as much as I thought it would, but anyway, it has suffered... Nonetheless, it's, it's, it's been quite quite tough for you, I would imagine. Look, look, uh, been, I, I must say I've learned in experience in the markets that bear markets happen and you've got to live with it and you've got to understand them and you've got to know that they don't last forever. And surprising enough, they always have a happy, a happy ending bear markets <laughs> of course they do historically yeah. yeah you give you you get a you get a chance to buy shares at substantially lower discounted prices hmm. than what you did during the bull market yeah. so you live you live with it. It, it to be honest it doesn't really affect me i mean i can remember sort of the first bear market that i lived through as an as a person involved in investments was in the early 90s, 92, I think it was. And, and you thought the world was coming to an end, Yes, that this is the most terrible thing that's ever happened. But you actually do get used to it. And I must say, I do agree with you. Our markets actually come through this reasonably well. Yes, I mean, the NASDAQ is down 27%. The S&P 500 is down 17 uh, The Dow is down about 13 somewhere around there. And what's our market down? Probably 10 or 13 as well. Yeah. It's behaved itself beautifully, I think. And so is the RAND, which mm. is very, very surprising. And I wonder what it is. I mean, obviously, foreign inflows, uh, but also maybe a, a, another couple of factors. It may get worse because of the um, because of inflation and uh, increasing interest rates. But anyway, it's, it's not bad. I mean, I'm looking at uh, results this morning from companies like um, Tiger Brands, for example, which has had a torrid time yeah. over the last five, six years. But there's some, there's some decent numbers coming out. I mean, respectable. Let's not say decent let me let me let me qualify yeah. that respectable numbers coming out of sa inc and yes. mediclinic mediclinic as well not too bad yeah it was very good yeah now the mediclinic numbers were actually quite good they were better than life case number look the problem's not with earnings yet right. i mean who knows what condition the economy will be in after the big interest rate increases but the problem's not with the underlying economy this this moment the problem is with the rating of shares and specifically relative to interest rates. Yes. I mean, ultimately, the rating of the shares, the rating of the shares is determined by two things. Number one is earnings, obviously, but by and large, that's cyclical. In other words, earnings over long time periods are actually relatively static. Mm. In other words, you can, the rating can go up during a recession because you're anticipating a big increase in earnings, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, the rating of the market is driven by the long bond rate. Now, in the U.S., if you've had a long bond rate going from 0.6% to 2.7%, you know, the stock, the stock market's rating has got to come down. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. But of course, you know, the more and more you worry about inflation and oil, you know, heading up towards 120 and all the food inflation and wage inflation and all of these things, 
you start to become a little bit concerned about the underlying economy because now you hear the recession word a lot more than what you did three weeks ago. I spoke to somebody this afternoon, and he's quite an arrogant fellow, but uh, highly intelligent. That wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't Shapiro. No, no, he's not arrogant at all. He's very different. Uh, he's, not, he's not arrogant. No, no he's, he's definitely, arrogant. he'll okay, never okay. ever be, he'll never ever be arrogant. He's far too nice and we decent only, a person. We only, we only, we only teasing Shapiro, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We can, we can continue, we'll always tease Shapiro, we know that. But it was, it was, yes. it was, a, it was an, an American fellow. I talked to him about, you know, the various um, fundamental uh, factors that are embellishing the downside trend in the market. And he just said, he just started to yawn. He said, yawn, 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 blah, blah, blah. It's got nothing to do with it. There are two things, Lindsay, that you have to understand. Number one is don't fight the Fed. When the Fed is easing and they're pumping yes. money into the system, you buy. When they right uh, when they now. tighten it and, int and interest rates go up, then you, then you sell. It's very, very simple. It started in November and December of last year, he said, and also the trend is your friend. He tracks money. He looks at graphs, etc. Mm. He obviously knows what's going on in the world, but he was very, very dismissive of war and all that sort of thing. He's got nothing, he said, it's got nothing to do with it. And I did yes. challenge him on that because it has got something to do with it because it's the psychology of the individual that is driving the market he said no absolute rubbish it's the fed and the trend that you have to look at and forget about everything yeah. else be dispassionate now, would you agree now, with him ultimately yes i do agree with that ultimately if you follow interest rates you'll be a good investor over time when interest rates are falling and are low you just own shares yeah and you ride through anything that happens, natural catastrophes, wars, whatever the case is. But when interest rates are going up, you've got to be careful. I mean, ultimately, that's all I know about investments is the relationship between markets and, and interest rates. Now, just coming back to the war, I agree with you on the war, hmm. but the war would be irrelevant if Russia wasn't a big oil exporter and Ukraine wasn't a big food exporter. From Quite an economic right. point of view, the war would be irrelevant. But unfortunately, it is relevant because Russia is a big oil exporter and Ukraine is a big food exporter. And the, the mere fact that this has happened during a period of rising inflation, it's exacerbated that situation. So, so the war is relevant, but only for those two reasons. It's not as, To me, it's not really a, a, a big psych psychology we, we, get, we get these occurrences on a relatively frequent basis, surprisingly enough. Yeah, I mean, you, you can talk about war. And we, I mean, we, most people don't understand what's going on, for example, between the triumvirate of Saudi Arabia, Iran and Yemen. There's been a war going on for years there and 200,000 yes. people have lost their lives. But we don't talk about that because Ye Yemen doesn't produce oil or, or, yeah, or wheat, so no, nobody yeah. cares about it. Yeah. Well, nobody in the West cares about it. Yeah. I mean, there's an awful yeah. lot of people that do, should care about it. Uh, but this war is is an economic war, and it, and I sometimes yes. sit down and I think, you know, human beings are are very very selfish creatures. I mean, the Rwandan genocide, for example, I'm going off at a tangent here, but the Rwandan genocide, it didn't even make headlines whenever it was 1994, yeah. I think it was. 800,000, 900,000 people died. Nobody cared because it didn't affect their pockets. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. But now, look, there is a, economically, there is a, some relief, if you like to put it that way, because of the economic effects of this war. 
first of all, there's some relief in sight. Where? There's no shortage of actual oil in the world. It might take a long time to to get it to users, but there's enough oil around, so it's really, it's really a logistical issue. And food inflation, food is the one commodity where you can get a very strong supply-side response in a relatively short period of time, you know, it's a, an agricultural season. Yes. So, you know, we food inflation never spikes for more than a year because there is, you get this, and it also is never in the trough for more than a year because farmers and, and the agricultural sector can respond very, very quickly to demand and supply, well, well to prices, essentially. Mm. So I, I don't think in a year's time, even if the war does carry on, which I don't think it will, but that's irrelevant, that there will be a big economic impact or, or an inflationary impact from the war. Well, I don't know, Wayne. I think you might be underestimating uh, this war, and and, and I I don't know how it's going to stop, because Mr Putin is just embedded. I mean, he's obviously, he's he's losing his mind a little bit, and he's isolated. And if you sit alone uh, for for a couple of years without any advisors, and you become an international pariah, you you start to embed yourself into your little office. I mean, the, the, the very fact that he sits and has a meeting with somebody at a table that is 30 foot long and won't go anywhere near them tells you something about his mind. So I don't think there's any rational thought going on there and it could be quite uh, dangerous. I don't, I think he's going to dig in and it could take a long time. And I've never understood why someone who wants to take over a country destroys the country. Because all the infrastructure is yeah. gone. I mean, look at Mariupol, uh, which is a which, yes. which is a port town, and then he's going to go to Odessa and all the other areas. I don't understand the rationale behind it. That's all politics. Mm. I mean, that's what it all boils down to. But look, um, I think for what it's worth, I mean, I don't know anything about global conflict, anything like that. But no. the Russian economy can't withstand the war for too long. The pressure is just too intense. And ultimately, ultimately, money talks. Yes, and people talk as well. I don't know if anyone's got the guts to um, to, to to go out onto the streets yeah, look, and say this is enough now. now I, I hear you, but you would have said the same thing about Gaddafi. You would have said the same thing about many many dictators that when they when they actually destroyed the economy and the country, who, who seemed in such powerful positions, you know, the next minute they're out. Yeah. Anyway, this, as, you, as you say, you and Let's I are see. not in a position to be political analysts, and even the political analysts and uh, uh, geopolitical analysts don't know what they're talking about because they don't know what is in the mind of Biden and Putin and Erdogan and all those, all those other people, and Boris Johnson and yeah, Emmanuel Macron, etc. We don't know. So that's not our job to speculate. What about the market? Just just pick one stock today. Of Mediclinic and Tiger Brands, both of which came out with results today, which one would you pick? Well, look, they both did equally as well share prices, and they're both up around about 5%. Yes. But I would choose Mediclinic every single time. Why? Um, and the reason why, yeah, it's, not, it's not per se that Mediclinic it's so much, uh, in a, is, is, is significantly a better company than Tiger Brands. Tiger Brands is in, most of their business is in absolute raw agricultural commodity business. And it is heavily cyclical. It's like, the, it's like I don't like 
the fishing companies either. Mm. The, the, the underlying business of Tiger Brands is very cyclical. In fact, I still don't understand why Tigers doesn't actually split the business into two halves. Have one that is the pure agricultural and then have one where they've got the fast-moving consumer goods, value-added, branded products that they make. I think they'll add enormous value to shareholders because the the FMGC and the branded product side, which is the, the, the rating, is held back by the raw agricultural bread side of, of Tigers. So I think, I think they should actually split the company. I think they'll add enormous value. But it's just too cyclical. I've never liked agricultural companies. I don't like the fishing companies. I don't like the chicken companies. Hmm. Food companies where you actually add value. You know, you've got branded products that you sell. You know, maybe Rhodes Foods is is different to that. But that's why I would choose MediClinic. And of course, MediClinic, all medicals are actually quite defensive in nature, which is which is, I suppose, essentially over time a very good attribute to have. And and the MediClinic results today were good. Okay, they were both good. Again, the person that I spoke to earlier on, uh, the American, he said to me, "We are in a secular." bear market and it could go on for between nine and 24 months would you agree with that yes oh, i do dear. you know the, the oh, bear markets bear markets have a bear markets have a, a, a much much shorter duration than a bull market yes because they tend to react quickly so i'll be more to the nine to 12 month story than uh, than, than the two-year story but i think we have also entered a secular derating of the market in other words, we're not going to see the ratings that we saw over the last 10 years simply because inflation is back into the system. So, And I keep stressing this to many, to most people that, that, that I call, to everyone mm. who asks me. The last 10 years up until last year, from, well, well, from 2010 up until last year, so that's 11 odd years, 12 odd years, has never been as good for equity Full stop. I mean, it is they, those those years of zero inflation, incredibly low interest rates. Effectively, the cost of money was zero. Were were highly abnormal, and abnormally good for equity. So what we're doing now is we're going back into a far more normalised equity environment. So I would think the return from shares in the next ten years will be a quarter or a third of what they were in the previous ten years which is more normal. It's not normal to get such massive equity returns because the underlying economic uh, factors were highly abnormal. So, yeah, so I think we're in for a period of, in for, in a bear market, clearly. Yes. And we're in for a period of, let's call it derating or normalization of the rating of, of markets from highly abnormally good years. And the ones that suffer the most are the ones that went up the most during the good years, which is essentially the tech shares. Sobering thoughts, but I, I do think that obviously you, you can't have it all your own way. I mean, it's been since 2008 that the market has been uh, rising. Yes. To, uh, and in 2008, in March 2008, I think, was it 2009? Anyway, the S&P was 666. And as, as I look at my screen now, the S&P hmm. is 3966. 3966. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and the most extraordinary rally, extraordinary uh, bull market, three thousand and thirty points, whatever it, whatever it is. Um, Wayne, on on the on the food front, I've got something that you won't like. 
Um, a friend of mine is moving house. Often. Uh, yeah, well, let's, let's see what mm-hmm. you think. A friend of mine is moving house, and this person has uh, had to clean out the freezer. And in the freezer, uh, that, 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 these these items have only been there for maybe three, four months, so they're, they're, they're intact. Yeah, a hair. And when I say a hare, I mean a, a big rabbit with long, hair, hair, with, with, rabbit, with yeah. long ears, a pheasant, one of those beautiful birds. That I don't know why people shoot, mm. but they do anyway, and they're, and they're very delicious. And also wild boar. And I've got pieces. Yeah, not, you're right. That's not my favourite. No, you don't. You don't like game, do you? But what I I'm, don't like game in the game. Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm I'm slowly roasting them, all of them, and then I'm going to cut them up into chunks, and I'm going to make a huge casserole out of them. And if I gave them to you, you wouldn't know that they were game. I don't think. I mean, I know no, you've probably, got a sophisticated yeah, palate. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm doing. No, I'm I've s- actually got a, I've actually got a very very unsophisticated palate. I actually wow, eat man. just about everything, but I'm not I'm not a big venison fan. Yeah. And the reason why is I once went to a very fancy wine farm restaurant in Cape Town. Oh, yeah. What was his name? It was, it was a business, oh, for the life of me, it might be unfair to tell you, but uh, La, it wasn't La Omaran. It was, it's the one that's in the hill. It looks like a like a, like a World War II artillery bunker. It's built <laughs> into the hill, and the chap who runs it, he's got great talent in taking a saber and knocking the top off a bottle of champagne. Uh, where? In Stellenbosch? Uh, yeah, well, it's in, well, you know, that area. It, it yeah. might, uh, anyway. Uh, you know, it might be. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a, a work function, and it was a set menu, and they served ostrich. Now, ostrich isn't quite exactly game. No. But it was so massively undercooked. Oh, dear. And that, that, that proper gamey taste came through. And, you know, since that day, which was now... 25 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. I really haven't liked it. And and previously, I used to eat it. It didn't make you know, much difference to me. I had plenty of uh, of, of guinea fowl. I had, you know, the kudu. I've, 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 I, I, I ate plenty, but just that one occasion, oh, I just did not like it, unfortunately. But as you said, you know, if you didn't tell me what it was, I'd probably chart and say, this is lovely. Exactly, because you I knew what it was, about, you yeah. see. I've had yeah. oyster experiences. No, I got you. I didn't eat oysters for 17 years uh, because of a, 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 a very, very bad experience in a London taxi. Mm. Uh, so I, I didn't eat them. But uh, now I'm a, I love sloping them down. Oh, no, they really, they, they really, they really are delicious. I mean, oh, my goodness. I must admit, you've, 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 you've woken me up to something here. I haven't had one for a, for a very, very long time. But the other thing I found out, because when I yes. grew up, and I think I've told you the story before, and to cut Tell me again. a very long story short, I ate stew for my lunch, and I was at school for about 10 years. <laughs> and there's one thing I've learned about any sort of stew, casserole type of thing. You add enough Worcester sauce, tastes good. Okay. Yeah, the sauce and, and, and Tabasco and a little bit of um, soy sauce as well, Tikkaman uh, soy yeah. sauce. Have you got anything uh, that you can uh, tell us of, that you've eaten over the last week? Yes. When? Go on. Last night, had, last night had the most, the night before, mm-hmm. had the most delicious from Woolworths spicy Asian soup. Okay. Look, it was it a Tom Young Goong, I think it's called, isn't it? Um, 
No, 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 no. Mm. Now, you do get the tins. I know those tins. Mm. This was just called spicy Asian soup in right. a packet. I know those tins, and I know those tins very well, and I love those tins. But this was so, so good. It had a nice little taste to it. It was a cold, cold evening, yeah? And we had it with a Melbourne toast with some nice low pack butter on it. It was just delicious. So they're very simple, but but very, very nice. That's nice. So you just bought a tin from Woolworths, and I've got these three different um, uh, animals that I've got to... And you're cooking uh, up a storm there. Well, I've, you know what I'm going to do, Wayne? And this is the thing. I'm going to cook them to, to, for four or five hours tonight. I'll cook the whole lot with tomatoes and garlic and onions and all sorts of other things, bay leaves and so forth. Um, and I'm going to then leave it. And then I'm going to continue it tomorrow. And then the next day, which is Friday, when it's when everything has come together, then I'm going to have it with some green beans Ooh. or whatever. You don't like spinach. But it or sounds broccoli. like it sounds like you'll be sounds like you'll be eating it over more than one day, though. It oh, sounds yeah, of like course, an enormous yeah. amount of food. Yeah, it's a huge amount. It's like a zoo I've got in there. It's, um, but anyway, yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, Wayne, thank you very much for your time as always. Right. That's Wayne McCarry, uh, Portfolio Manager at F&B Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.